Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. You know what Christy Mathewson wasn't worried about? S-I-E-R-A. When you're thinking about Pedro Siriaco, I mean, the only one that can compete is maybe uh, Hannes Wagner's 1908 season. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. Like, if we just clip together every time we've talked about him on other people's profiles, we've done a Mickey Cochran episode. I can't get past Rabbit Marinville. It's it's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, where we're talking baseball kind of whenever. I'm your host, Chris Gianta. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? That's right, Chris. You can see us on YouTube now. Yeah. I haven't been able to do that in a while. Yeah. And but here we are. It's uh won't, ha- won't happen again for another four weeks. That's right. But then but then you'll have plenty of that for, for the time being. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's right. It is obviously holiday weekend. Uh, Thanksgiving was two days ago, and uh, we are in our homes in different states, hours away. And uh, we still got a lot to talk about because this is probably the last show where we're going to have stuff to talk about. So everyone's just trying to get deals done as soon as they can. Yep. If you are not aware, the collective bargaining agreement in Major League Baseball is coming to an end on December 1st, right? Yes. I think it was the first or second. Yeah. Either way, it's it's next week. Very beginning of December. And uh, yeah, so once that collective bargaining agreement is done, uh, they until they get a new one, there's there can be like no activity in the league at all. No man, no manager hirings, no uh, free agent signings, which is not the best. Uh, not the best for if you're trying to do a weekly podcast. Uh, but mm-hmm. we have uh, we have that we have that going uh, going against us. But you know, and <laughs> from the sounds of it. Uh, a collective bargaining agreement is probably not going to be happening uh, that soon. But we're, we're probably getting a lockout. But luckily for this week, we have uh, plenty of news to talk about. Um, I guess, yeah, we'll start out with something that happened on Tuesday, I believe. Uh, the Rays, you know, we know that they have a very low payroll. And they did not uh Fester to that narrative as they signed Wander Franco to a 12 year, $223 million extension, uh, where he's going to be on the team. Well, maybe not an extension, but a contract where he's going to be on the team till he's like 32. And uh, just uh, pretty, pretty wild to see. You know, he's getting it like this is probably the most money given to someone, you know, under 21, maybe. It's probably it probably is. Um, it's the most money the Rays have ever given to a player. Yeah. And as as Fox News, as Fox Sports pointed out in that graphic, it's the it's the same as the Rays payroll over the last four years. Yeah, I mean it, it was a fun yeah. fact, but uh, visually it horrible execution. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> fun fact, but um, you know you got to put it in a different uh, graphic. Yeah. Yep. Um. Someone, someone photoshopped like the Devil Rays logo in next to it. Um, so it looked like. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I see that, I see yep. that now. Yeah. I have to explain. Um, 
But uh, yeah, $223 million. What were your uh, initial thoughts when this uh, went down? You know, I mean, I have like a very conflicted takes because a lot of people are upset about this deal because Wander Franco very clearly could have gotten more. And I think we all know that. I don't think that's not a surprise. I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. But this happens every now and then where a player will take an extension in pre-arb. And um, like everyone cites Ronald Acuna when he signed an eight-year, $100 million contract, which is borderline criminal. Um, but it's like, he signed the deal. Like he agreed to it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I, like do I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's like news to wander. I don't think it's like, I'm not known to Wander Franco that he probably could have gotten more if he waited a little bit, but like, right, you know, exactly. stuff can happen. Like what happened? Like, what if he gets like some, like we saw Acuna like tear his ACL on a freak play this year. Like what if Franco does that this year and he's never the same again? Like you never know what can happen. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's uh, it is weird. It is weird when guys sign deals while they're in pre-arbitration because, you know, I've, for those unaware, uh, especially under the current CBA, although it is funny, something we can get into later is, you know, the Rays could have been playing a little 4D chess, you know, getting a, you know, good, con- good team contract uh, while the CBA, while the current CBA was in place because. And, and while the team is currently still exclusively in Tampa Bay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, you know, under the current CBA, a player has to reach 172 days of service time to reach a full year of service time. And they need six full years of service time to get into free agency. And the first three years of their service time, they get like league minimum basically. And then you get the arbitration, which is based pretty much entirely on player performance. And, uh, and yeah, so, so uh, with Wander Franco getting $223 million over 12 years, signing that contract that eliminates that whole process and um, eliminates the three years where he's getting league minimum. So the raise definitely factored in like, so you're, you're probably going to get less money or less average annual value than you deserve uh, because we're foregoing paying league minimum to you for three years. So we're going to factor that in. Mm-hmm. Um that that's just a thing that happens in every every one of these uh every one of these contracts because Acuna signed his after 2018 right he did yeah um and he didn't have he never got a full year of service time before that uh that contract so I mean that's the thing where like you know you can't compare um Mike Trout getting 420 whatever million dollars to any do either of those contracts because yeah. Mike Trout wasn't going to be due like only five hundred fifty thousand dollars for three years. That's mm-hmm. just not how it was. So I, so if you want to see it as, so I average annual value wise, I see this as like a nine year two hundred twenty million dollar deal mm-hmm. because the Rays weren't going to pay anything anyway. So it's like it's more instead of him getting less than twenty million dollars a year, it's more like he's getting 25 million dollars a year after like the first three years but they're evening it out it's confusing it is very weird and it's certainly the you did mention you know it is definitely the race taking advantage of this system while they still have it um Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i don't know like do the rays have that ninth year option or is it a player option 
Um, uh, player, wait, um, because it was an eighth, it was an eight year, $185 million deal with that ninth year option. Um, for I don't know, um, that's what I'm trying to figure out. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Let me go to fan graphs, yeah, because I know, I know what was guaranteed was uh, 185, or maybe it was 11, 185. No. Yeah, I think it was, it was 11, 185 with a 12 year option. That's what I meant. Yeah, I was. That's what I meant. Um. Yeah, let me look at the. That means the player option is, or the option is, a hundred or uh, is a uh, thirty-eight million dollars. Mm-hmm. My math is correct. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder uh, what thirty-eight million dollars is going to be like when it's uh, twenty, thirty whatever 1233 god i have to i, I gotta go on spot track for this uh-huh. yeah um wow, look at look at these average annual values yeah like 2022 they're giving him two mil then three mil then four mil then eight mil then 12 mil then 20 mil then 26 mil in 2028 um i mean it feels like he's not gonna start getting what he's worth until 2027 like in 2026, yeah. he's gonna be 25 years old, making 12 million a year. Yeah, that's that's all to factor in. Um, okay, it's a 2033 club option, also. Yeah, I believe they. I believe the Angels did the did something similar with Mike Trout's first contract. Um, because I remember like talking to somebody like, "Oh, Mike Trout isn't even getting paid what he's worth," and he was like. No, he's getting paid like $35 million this year. And, but the average annual value on the contract was like a little north of 20. So I'm going to mm-hmm. look at Mike Trout. Mike Trout's contract situation, go to salaries. Um, yeah, these, these contracts signed like at the beginning of pre-arbitration are always yeah. the most confusing things and so hard to explain. So yeah, Mike Trout got paid or i should see when he signed the contract <laughs> wasn't it i believe it was after 2013 okay so signed after 2013 yeah so we got 1 million in 2014 6 million in 2015 uh 16 million in 2016 20 million in 2017 34 million in 2018 that was the that was when he signed the the first, the, the new one no, no, no. The, he signed. He signed the first. Or he, it was he before signed, 2019. You're right. It was yeah. Three, he got 34 million in um, eventually, and then he had two more years left on that deal. So he was probably going to get, you know, mid 30s average annual value. So, uh, they're just they're basically like simulating arbitration with Wander Franco. Yeah. They're backloading and, uh, it. And then, you know, they already have they already have his extra. And they're like slightly yeah. upping the pre-arb. Yeah, right, right. Just evening, evening, evening. That's a hard word. <laughs> evening, evening it out. Like good evening. Evening it out. <laughs> um, <laughs> that that and uh, if you want to say you edited something, I edited it. That's yeah. Well, that. you're just saying the word edit twice. Edit, edit. No. Edit. Yeah, but if, no, but in the spelling, in the spelling, you're saying it twice. Mm edited it i don't know okay. it's a top edit ed for the ending of edit and then it for it edit it it oh yeah yeah 
the more you know right that's true that's true mm-hmm. but um yeah wonder yeah wonder franco 223 million dollars and uh oh yeah the ray the raise being smart here uh as we know collective bargaining agreement is close to an end um i think one of the points of emphasis from the players association might be um having less service time uh required for uh going into free agency and uh you know kind of fixing up arbitration and maybe getting guys more money in arbitration yeah um so the raise kind of hit a buzzer beater here what was that thing that um, like it was reported on MLB trade rumors that like the league was trying to suggest? It was like when you hit a certain age, just automatically. I think it was like age twenty nine or something. Yeah, like twenty nine. Yeah. Juan Jesus Soto Christ. was Juan Soto was gonna have to wait ten years. Ten years before he's a free agent. Poor guy. Meanwhile, he's, Aaron Judge would be like he's probably he's definitely an ARP right now, isn't he? Yeah, he's entering. Yeah, I um, think he's entering he ARP three. I think he's a super two. He's entering ARP two, I should say. Yeah, he is a super two. Um, because yeah, well, 2018 wasn't a year of service time, so uh he just had his third year of service time, so he's going into his fourth year. Yep. Um, so if it's arb two, then yeah, he's a super two. Um but yeah, like um the Rays probably kind of uh you know jumped the jumped the system a little bit, right? Oh, they absolutely did. Um but yeah, that's I mean they're getting it in while they can. Exactly. And, uh, Wander Franco is probably gonna have to buy two residencies, one in Tampa Bay, one in Montreal. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember when that thing got proposed like two years ago. I was like, "There's no way they're like, doing it. They're probably doing it." Yeah. Yeah. And for those unaware, um, there was a proposal a couple of years ago to have the Rays play there like April, September, like April, May, September in um, Tampa Bay. And then the summer months in, in uh, Montreal. Insane. And they're actually probably going to do it. Like that is a. Stuart Sternberg seems pretty set on it. That's something that Montreal, like to to Montreal Rexpo's. I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it it makes no sense, man. Yeah, it's uh quite odd, but yeah, as you mentioned, potential potential real estate buyer in Montreal is a uh, Wander Wander Franco. Um, right. That's gonna be like uh they'll definitely have to wait till further down the line, considering like uh what the situation is with like going to canada now like with uh yeah i was gonna say like it's gonna be very funny or it's gonna be interesting like when a team goes to toronto for like a three-game series and it's just like so and so this important player was left off the roster yeah and he will rejoin the team in the next series (laughs) it's like yeah he's taking yeah he's he's gonna be out for three games with uh (laughs) with uh shoulder fatigue (laughs) definitely his his uh his arm feels completely fine fine yeah <laughs> you know why because he didn't uh get a needle in there yeah <laughs> um that that's that will be a funny, funny like you thing. can't if you're playing the american league there's no way to hide it unless you get unless you're actually hurt 
like during the time it is funny because like in free agency if you're if you're un if you're unvaccinated your uh your value goes significantly significantly down for al east teams yep it's like yeah dude you're gonna like, miss well, nine games are you serious <laughs> well that's like what people are saying with aaron judge because like he got well i don't know if you remember but he got covid in july of last year and a reporter asked if he was vaccinated and he refused to answer which yeah. like you know I, that, that obviously doesn't tell us everything like he could have just not said it but you know it feels like it's implied and it's like is, is the yankees best player going to miss nine games against one of the best opponents in their, in their division next year yeah it's a it's a legit question that's uh 2022 baseball yep where we're at yeah um pretty wild but uh wander franco gets 223 million dollars um you know good for the rays sticking out the pocket because one of the one of the things i was saying was like well you know it's gonna be a tough five years with him but uh i'm excited for him to get traded on his like last year of control but no not happening he's staying with the rays uh for a very long time until you know unless they do trade him during that contract which i don't think they'll do but um you know he was the number one prospect for two years like two full years which is which never happens he doesn't have an opt-out does he oh it doesn't look like he does no how did they pull that off wow you you know you get a guy when (laughs) you get a guy out of the dominican republic when he's 20 years old yeah um and uh and yes offer him 223 million dollars it's like yeah that's that sounds pretty good Mm -hmm. Sounds pretty good to me. Um, yeah. So he's that's the that's the franchise declared. Like, I mean, I don't have I don't think they've I don't know if the Rays have ever have ever had a player for 12 years. Like Evan Longoria. No, no not Longoria. No, they absolutely have not. So if it's not Longoria, I don't even know if they've had a player for 10 years. That's a good question. Okay, never mind. Longoria was exactly ten years, but probably not ten years of service time. I think he, I think he started the year there, but he did, he did start the year there in 08. We went over that. But um, but like yeah, Longoria didn't reach twelve years. Price was only around for um, seven or eight years, or no, not even yeah, seven years about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the Rays are uh you know they they're not changing it's just this player is specifically special yep like guy who's able to get about three and a half war in less than half a season in his age 20 season pretty incredible and uh we kind of saw that we saw glimpses of greatness in the playoffs as well in the in their short time there my god we were i mean we watched him hit a home run i was in (laughs) awe It's like this guy, he's just gonna be around. Yep. <laughs> it's gonna it's not gonna be good. Um, great defense, also. All right. So congratulations to Wander Franco getting uh getting his money while he can while the while Major League Baseball still exists. Um now, uh all right, so you don't have to go, we don't have to go chronologically because there were let's just let's just talk about the Mets deals. Yeah. The the Mets, the Mets uh got their deals in. I guess Steve Cohen, you know, 
maybe maybe not making the biggest splashes, but a a decent splash, and then a couple like good just quality pickups. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you start off with uh, Starling Marte, uh, four years, seventy eight million dollars, uh, solid center fielder, had like had a had a very interesting year. Uh, do you want to do you want to talk about this deal? Yeah, so it's uh, four years, $78 million. That would be $19.5 million a year. It goes until he's 36, uh, and he's a center fielder. So, I mean, who knows what that looks like by the end. You know, maybe he's in left, maybe he's DHing. Um, I don't know. It's To me, it feels very hard to believe he's going to be in center field for the entirety of that contract. But, um, you know, he's a guy that's going to make your team better. He's, I think he's definitely a good fit for the Mets. Um, he's kind of a spray hitter. He, um, you know, he definitely can hit for power, but he's more of a doubles guy, I think. He obviously can steal bases. Uh, he was very good. He, he was in the 82nd percentile of outs above average, uh, which was good. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's the guy who's coming off of probably a career year. Uh, he had his highest career OPS plus last season. Yeah, and he had a a career or he tied a career high in stolen bases in, mm-hmm. you know, a time where stolen bases were at its lowest, mm-hmm. um, lowest in a very long time. It, it seemed at least, I don't have the statistical analysis for it, but yeah, like, yeah, just um, a good pickup. And, you know, maybe he, maybe, you know, he kind of, stepped his game up for his contract year but i mean a very good year overall last year he had 310 he had a 383 on base percentage so it's not even something where like he relied on his power he just you know just got just got better overall um and was able to uh wreak havoc on the bases i see he had a 4.7 b war and i'm wondering what his f war was last year Marte fan graphs um, because that would be interesting. He is a, he is a 116 career OPS plus in 4,700 plate appearances. This is a guy who's been very good for a long time. Yeah. He's been, he's been quality and you, and yeah, 5.5 F4 in 120 uh, games last year. You know, he, it's a thing of like, you know, he had a career year last year and it's like, you know, is he going to be able to repeat this? Um, something about him being with the Mets just tells me, like, man, this, I don't know how well it's going to go, but you can't think like that. It's, hmm. You know, it's kind of stupid, but, you know, well, it's just like, I, I don't, I don't really know what to expect from this deal. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I think, um, the Mets kind of have a long jam on, in their offense now. Like when you look at their outfield, it's Starlin Marte. Uh, obviously, Mark Canna also just signed. You have Brandon Nimmo. You have uh, you have Jeff McNeil who can kind of play everywhere. Same with JD Davis. Um, they have a log jam on offense now, and it's and they obviously just signed three uh, position players. It's funny. Um, they hired Billy Epler, and he immediately goes hot wild on position players. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gotta love those narratives. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, uh, in in terms of pitching, just uh, yeah. 
I think they're still going for Gosman though. Just a left-handed reliever. Yeah, I would I would assume he's still looking at or Ray, one of those two. Um, but but yeah, it's a it's an interesting thing because um yeah, you don't know you don't know what to expect here. Um, you know, you, a guy's coming coming off a career year in his age 32 season. Um it's it's hard to know what to expect. It is funny looking at uh, his baseball reference page because he played 61 games in 2020 because he got traded in the middle and he got traded. He got traded to the Marlins when they had to make up all those games. So mm-hmm. he ended up playing more than 60 games, even though no teams ever, no teams played uh 60 game or more than 60 games. That's funny. Yeah. Um, that's, isn't that so 2020? <laughs> I, I mean, can't believe Robinson Cano only has two years left on that deal. Yeah. Well, it makes me feel old. Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching um watching them talk about it uh, on uh intentional talk and Clubhouse Confidential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I watched a lot of MLB network in that offseason when he signed. Um but uh but yeah, it's it's interesting. But what I can't the point I was uh trying to make earlier, but I did didn't have it in my head until until yeah. now definitely earned the money based on his last year yeah he did it's just i don't know how it's gonna if if it's going to be executed well or not but he definitely earned the money based on you know having an 841 ops and 47 stolen bases along with very good defense uh that's that's gonna earn you uh 19 and a half million dollars a year so i think you know it's not a mistake that the mets are uh, signing him whatsoever no, it's uh, uh, one guy who I think is going to be very good in that contract is Mark Hanna. Um, yeah. What what was uh what was the details on his contract? Two years, twenty six and a half mil. That's a steal. Yeah, he. Um, I remember he was like at the All Star break, like one of the um, leaders in outfield in above replacement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been very underrated. He actually he led the league in hit by pitches last year with twenty seven. Uh, he is he is. It's very weird. I don't know how. I don't know like what kind of skill set you can have to achieve this, but he is double digit hit by pitches in each of the last four seasons, including twenty twenty. There is something to. It's like I don't know. You just you just kind of stand in there, but some guys have it. <laughs> like yeah, it's like, very uh, weird. Tim LaCastro. LaCastro. Um. But like, Brandon Geyer. Brandon Geyer. Um, and Jonathan India this year had like 23. Austin Adams, yeah. He ended up – and uh, Jonathan – yeah. Jonathan India um, – Jonathan India had like a 376 on base percentage, and a lot of that had to do with um, – a lot of that had to do with his ability to get hit. And Ty France, same thing. Like mm-hmm. – just had like 25 uh 25 uh like um hit by pitches i'm trying to look last thing on last thing on sterling Marte. uh he was third in all of major league baseball in outfielder f4 uh last year only Bryce harper and juan soda were ahead of him so that's what you need to know about sterling Marte. but mark canna yeah, he's uh he's been an interesting guy. He's just one of those A's where he just goes under the radar. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, he has a good ability to get on base. I'm trying to look deeper into uh, Mark Canna, but what else? Like, uh, yeah, he's someone you can stick on, you know, either corner of the outfield, not a bad defender also. Um, and, uh, you know, someone, someone who can just be, he's a guy where I feel like the quality of production, like that's not going to go down on the thing. No, like he is a very, like, there's very good reason to believe that what he's doing is somewhat sustainable you know maybe not to that exact level but it's to where you believe you believe he could still be producing by age 36 yeah and you know and you know the uh hit by pitches kind of go with that um Mm -hmm. but um just looking at his on base percentage that's something that's probably going to stay consistent 2019 had a 396 on base percentage uh Mm -hmm. 2020 was 387 and last year was 358 um that's you know that's and it a, was like i think he kind of it went down in the second half like in the, in the all-star break it was like nearing 400 yeah probably he it, got hurt he got hurt and he was at 375 on june 24th before he uh, went down with an injury but it reached um it reached 386 on august 8th yeah that like uh yeah he was on he was on the correct trend Mm-hmm. sure um and but yeah i don't know but i don't know i wouldn't say it's necessarily a steal also okay Fair um enough. yeah like uh i think it has potential to be a steal potential i yeah I, i'd say there's potential as well man my computer is being very slow right oh, now no. it's annoying you know what? You know when you type in something on Savant, and you, the first three letter letters will go in, and then you type out the rest. And then it'll, yeah, the first three letters. Hate that. Well, not only that, but like then you'll type it in, and it'll it'll show like three other people with like the same name, and it's like the guy you want is not even close. Yeah. On the list on the of the trending players list, it's like a guy who played like four games like in World War II when they needed replacement players. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I guess his I guess his fielding is uh decent. He had two outs above average last year. Um, his Fangraphs defensive metrics were not great, but uh, Statcast Statcast is good for outfielders, I think. Um, but yeah, I guess his yeah he's got decent defense. He can get on base. Um, and yeah, it it should be it should that's that's not something to brush over. Yeah, with the with the Mets, um, but it is in, interesting to see like how they're going to go about things lineup wise. They just signed two outfielders. I mean, I guess Conforto is you know not going to be a thing for them. I, I I feel like this is kind of it for the Mets as far as what they're going to do on offense. Like Pete Alonso is their big bat. He's got a nice supporting cast around him, and I mean this offense, like if healthy, which you know with the Mets you really have to emphasize that it that if healthy. Uh, they have potential to do a lot in a division where I don't think there's really a clear-cut favorite. Um, yeah, uh, as, well, especially at the beginning of the year, like on paper, and you don't know what's going to happen with uh, Freddie Freeman and the Braves, or mm-hmm. not a nothing's a guarantee. So, uh, yeah, it's it's um, kind of in question. And the Mets, you know, people forget. 
uh, the Mets were leading the division for most of the year. Um, and yeah. then it changed kind of quickly because uh, of that terrible August they had. And the last deal to get into with the Mets was uh, they signed Eduardo Escobar, who, uh, you know, he's decent bat. Um, I don't know exactly what his fielding is, and I won't know soon probably because of the speed of my computer. Luckily, he's the number one shining player, so I can just click on his page without having to type anything in. Uh, his defense was not great. He's 22nd percentile and outs above average. Um, but yeah. he also, like, plays many positions. So it could kind of just be, like, a a thing where because of that, it, it like, hurts a little because he's better at certain places and he's not as good at certain places. Right, right. Yeah. Um, there might be an interesting stat I could pull out because in 2019 and 2020 he had 25 plus doubles and 25 plus home runs and I want to see how many how many people have multiple uh seasons of 25 in both since 2019 which basically means both 2019 and 2020 no one had 25 doubles and 25 homers in 2020 yeah no but I mean it's still kind of overrated to look at that because his on-base percentage is is not great average. yeah <laughs> yeah 320 on base 314 on base in uh 2019 and 2020 very good slugging though 511 472 ops plus right around 110 oh wow there were a lot more people to do <laughs> that than i expected there were 19 <laughs> i hate when you do that it's like oh that's a good stat although there's, there's 19 other people yeah literally like jorge soler did it um like, who are some who are some guys that like aren't amazing that did it um it could be cheap and add in five plus triples yeah i, I wanted to avoid that but i'm <laughs> I, you know i'm already here i mean listen city field is a uh, has pretty big gaps like i mean granted yeah. he was in arizona actually i mean it's not the worst list in the world you got solaire simeon olsen austin meadows J.D. Martinez, Reese Hoskins, Bryce Harper, Paul Goldschmidt, Freddie Freeman, Eduardo Escobar, Josh Donaldson, Rafael Devers, Nick Cassianos, Chris Bryant, Nolan Arenado, Jordan Alvarez, Jose Altuve, Pete Alonso, and Jose Abreu. So I mean, um, it's not nobody's, but if you want to, if you want to like simplify it a little more, you could do people with like fifty, like fifty or sixty extra base hits. I feel like that would make the list longer. Oh wow! So Eduardo Rodriguez is no Eduardo Escobar. Never mind, not Rodriguez. Eduardo Escobar is uh, the only player to have multiple seasons of twenty-five plus home runs, twenty-five plus doubles, and five plus triples since twenty nineteen. <laughs> so there you go. So this he's he's basically the best offensive player in baseball. I mean, he is in a league of his own. Yeah, um, he's very dynamic. Uh, he can get you any type of hit. Yeah, you need one of those five triples in 146 games. He's got you. Yeah, you could say that, but um, yeah, I mean, he's basically like, he's basically like Salvador Perez if he, um, if he swapped some of his home runs for doubles and triples because mm-hmm. he's just got, like. Since since 2019, his he has a 311 on base percentage, which is below league average. But it's also, not, yeah, 
He's got the home runs and the doubles and the extra base hits. One thing I saw yesterday that made me laugh was when the uh, Escobar news came out. Someone was like, well, Escobar was an all-star last year. <laughs> and then you think about the fact that he played on like the 20 win Diamondbacks at the break. That is a funny <laughs> thing to say. It's like you're not wrong, but you're yeah. but you're wrong. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, he got what twenty million dollars. Uh, yes, two years, twenty mil. Two years, twenty million dollars. So it's yeah. it's not, it's uh, it's not with a, with uh, a twenty twenty four club option. Not necessarily an underpay. If you know, people might look at the home runs and the doubles and be like, "Oh wow, they got kind of got a steal here," but he gets on base at a pretty average rate. I mean, it's definitely not bad when you consider the other bats around him. Like, he was one of the better hitters in his lineup in Arizona and, honestly, probably in Milwaukee, too. Like, that doesn't look as great, but, you know, you're going to New York. Like, he doesn't have to play as big of a role. He's got plenty of other guys around him. Uh, and it's, if he can just keep doing what he's doing, like, I really don't see any problem with this deal at all. Yeah, no. He, if he, like, he's he's just being asked to be a $10 million a year player, and yeah. that's like he's he has a his uh average his his OPS plus over the since 2019 is 103 and that's like that's a that's a 10 million dollar a year player it's reasonable yeah yeah uh especially like yeah, like 10, 10 million dollars really doesn't mean that much as crazy as it sounds yeah especially you know with Steve Cohen i mean he you know last year he signed a guy for what 30 34 million dollars a year with uh yep, Lindor 4.1 yeah so um it's it's uh not the biggest deal with uh eduardo Red, or eduardo escobar God, i've been yeah. saying eduardo i've been talking about eduardo rodriguez You've been talking about him so much over the last few months i just i gotta yeah i gotta shut up about him i gotta just let him let him exist in detroit um but uh but yeah those were the mets deals they improve their offense a little bit got some uh got a guy who's going to make some noise on the bases as well and um and yeah so now they'll probably be on the hunt for for some pitching as well um all right what uh what was what was next on the docket who else who else signed who else did sign uh steven matz steven matz yeah um i didn't i didn't look into the controversy of the thing it was so like it's so wild how all that happened from the steven matt signing i i didn't look into it i've been like kind of off the grid like since coming home but yeah like uh i just saw a lot of wild stuff happened yeah i i just saw like steve cohen say like this is super unprofessional or something like that yeah well apparently he like had a deal in place with Matts, and then he signed with the Cardinals, obviously. Yeah, that's wild. It's very funny how Steven Matts was the guy who caused all that. <laughs> Steven Matts, this guy. Like, he's he becomes the second best pitcher on his team's, on his current team's staff. He would have been, like, the third or fourth best pitcher on the Mets. Right. Right. Uh, also, probably one of the youngest pitchers on his on his staff oh absolutely well i mean flaherty's definitely younger but yeah flaherty's younger and 
But uh, I mean, I guess Lester is not going to be there next year, and neither is uh, Pap, Pap or LeBlanc. Or LeBlanc, but yeah. but yeah, I mean, uh, we were talking about how, um, like going to St. Louis is kind of a pitcher's dream mm. for, uh, for the time being, you know, especially this is a four-year deal. Yeah, four-year deal worth forty-four million dollars. Um, he's getting eleven million dollars a year, um, and uh, and yeah, we we've, we've talked about a little bit how um, it's kind of a pitcher's dream to go to uh, St. Louis because of you know you don't even have to go into the advanced metrics to mm-hmm. see, to look at how good their defense is. They won five Gold Gloves, yep. uh, and not like not really Mickey Mouse Gold Gloves necessarily. Although you could say you know. Maybe Arenado was the second or third best third base defender, but still one he's the, the one best. who won a platinum glove. Yeah, I won a plat that that was <laughs> uh, <laughs> but nonetheless, he's still a very good third baseman. And then you know, Goldschmidt, uh, uh Ed, did Edmund win one? Uh yes. And uh Bader won one and did Yadi? No, Yadi did not win one. Oh wow. Uh, was it O'Neill, maybe? Yeah, I think it, I think it was O'Neill. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you have a great, great defense to go to there. And, uh, Steven Matz is someone who outside of 2020 never had, has never had more than a, a strikeout per inning, which is also, you know, nine strikeouts per nine. So he's more of a pitch to contact type guy. So, uh, I think this is a good spot to go for him to, to, you know, have him succeed. Mm-hmm. And I think this is also these are also the types of pitchers that um that the Cardinals needed to be looking at because it's like maybe with this defense you don't necessarily need the guy that's going to strike out 11 guys per nine you just need someone who's you know not going to give up crazy hard contact. Yeah, I mean really all you can ask for is for a guy to not walk people and Steven Matz is in the 76th percentile in walk rate. Um because you know that defense will do everything they can behind you. Uh, you don't, yeah, like you just mentioned, you don't have to be striking people out. He's striking out almost a guy per inning, which is so funny that that gets you in the 39th percentile nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I'm very interested to see like the um, some of the changes in expected statistics for Mats and just regular statistics uh, after seeing him go to the Cardinals because that's a team that's going to help him out a lot for sure. Right. Yeah, and his uh his career BABIP against is. 308 which is um slightly above average mm-hmm. so yeah i mean that's probably going to change i think that, i wonder what the team what st louis's team bap up against was last year but it had to be like probably like pretty low, 280 to 75 or something like that yeah um, i mean it was probably one of the lower ones in baseball um yeah. it was 272 wow which yeah. is the second lowest the dodgers were 260 uh, yeah, to do that as a team is pretty wild. And I, I feel like a lot w- with the Dodgers, a lot of that had to do with shifting. Um, I think the Cardinals, I have a feeling the Cardinals won. Cardinals, the Cardinals pitching staff had the lowest Ks per nine in the majors last year. Yeah, and they did They did okay. Yeah, um, well, I mean, it helps when you have that defense behind you and you're not giving up home runs. Yeah, exactly, exactly the point there. So, yeah, Steven Matz, um, that's kind of the pitcher – that the Cardinals are going to sign. 
is, you know, that type and a guy who is, uh, is, you know, he's in his early thirties. He's not necessarily old. He's on a four-year deal and is they're not going to be paying him that much. Well, you know, relatively speaking. Yeah. He has a 48.8 career uh, ground ball rate, which is going to be, you know, that's going to be, you're going to need to continue that going forward. Yeah. That is uh, above average and it's going to help having uh, Arenado, De Jong, Edmund and, and Goldschmidt behind you. Absolutely. Um, so kind of kind of works out for both parties the cardinals uh aren't paying a a crazy lot to uh get him and you know i could see i could see matt's being a guy we're like oh you know we're consistently looking at 150 plus innings mid three zra um with the with the cardinals maybe not other teams but with the cardinals you know you could see that happening um absolutely any anything more on the steven matt's deal I think we kind of covered it all. I mean, this is a very good signing for St. Louis. It's I feel like this is kind of just the general reaction anytime St. Louis gets a pitcher, especially after this offseason. Uh, but I really like this signing in particular. Like I mentioned, Steven Matz has a very low walk rate. Uh, his ground ball rates have been pretty excellent through the years. This is going to be a very good fit. And I'm excited to see, like, I feel like we're going to see his true potential because he was a how about that of yours late last season. So, you know, like, he's also just a very good pitcher all around. Like we're acting like, you know, the Cardinals defense is going to make him good. He is good. Cardinals defense is going to make him better. Yeah. I mean, he had a, he had a three, seven, nine FIP last year. Mm -hmm. um, he had a better FIP than his ERA. So yeah, I mean, he, you know, 3.35 strikeout to walk ratio. That's a, that's a good pitcher. You know, you can't uh, at least, you know, at least last year, I think he had some rough patches, but Last year, he was able to get his ERA plus above 100, and uh, I think he's kind of turning the tides uh, in his in his career. But um, and yeah, the the Cardinals also potentially might be getting the best of his career with uh, him being in his early 30s. Um, you know, that's kind of when pitchers pitchers thrive. Maybe not position players, but that's when pitchers are kind of thriving. Um, uh, what? Are, was there another deal before the uh, Frazier trade? Um, the Giants re-signed Diesel oh, yeah. and Wood. Yeah. yeah. Those were, those it was funny because Passon tweeted out, like, the Giants are going to sign some starting pitching in the next couple days. And then literally within the hour, they signed both of those guys. Yeah, they did. And they got they got some good, de good deals there. They did. Um, Like, yeah, Desclafani was a guy who, um, like – he definitely outperformed expectations. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Di Sclafani was signed to a three-year, $36 million deal. That's $12 million a year. And then um, Alex Wood. I think it was two years, 11 or $12 million. Yeah, it's not listed here, which is weird. Did they not announce it yet? It's yeah, not, he's not listed under players with guaranteed salaries. That is just very odd. Yeah, Desclafani um, had a 317 ERA and 167 and two thirds innings pitched. And I should see where that ranked in the National League because, I mean, there weren't a crazy amount of qualified pitchers and it's a pretty low ERA. Um, 
and yeah, he, like, he was someone who, I mean, that's, it was one of the reasons the, the Giants were able to be in first place last year. Huge. Yeah. I mean, that whole pitching staff, you did a, how about that just on like the pitching staff as a whole? And understandably yeah. so. Yeah. Just changing the tune. Like they went from, I think on StatCast, I think I, I was checking near the end of the year. They went from like being 28th in ground ball rate in 2020 to being like third in ground ball rate in 2021. Mm-hmm. Like they made this odd, like a uh, kind of philosophical shift. Um, yeah, he was uh, 11th in ERA last year in the National League. Wow. Yeah, pretty, pretty good, good there. I mean, there were there were only twenty two qualifiers, but also all the qualifiers for the most part are above average. So, um, it's it's not like he was uh, at the midway point of ERA. Three one seven is very good, um, and a three six two FIP. So not too far off there. He's another guy that's kind of a pitch to contact guy, and uh, he's someone that also like changes ground ball rate. I think a little bit. I think that I think it was more prominent in the beginning of the year, but it went up 4.6 percentage points from 2020 to 2021. Um, but his line drive rate from 2020 to 2021 went down significantly. It went down uh, 13.6 points. Those those numbers are different on Savant and Reference because I'm on Baseball Reference right now. Um, is I have his line drive rate from 2020 to 2021 going 31.7 to 26.5, and then his ground ball rate going 39 to 50. Oh wow! Yeah, they, oh. they must have they must have different like. I always thought they kind of just like shared from each other, but I guess not. Oh yeah, I think um I think Baseball Reference uses the same uh data as Fangraphs. I forget I forget what it because they are different. Yeah, I I don't know if it's, it's in like the glossary or not mm-hmm. but um i actually when i i went on the uh baseball reference stat head webinar yeah uh it was it was pretty cool but uh, i think in the um in the chat room they talked about the batted ball data on baseball reference and they said it was they said it wasn't the same as savant figured yeah um so yeah i mean depending on what website you want to look at his ground ball rate increased a little bit or it increased pretty, pretty, uh, significantly. Um, but yeah, Desclafani, like $12 million a year. That's a good deal for the giants for someone who, I mean, I should look at, uh, what his age is at. Like he's, you know, definitely not old. He's had an he's gonna be signed for his age 32 through 34 seasons. Uh yeah, I, I gotta love this deal for the Giants. Yeah, you have to. Uh that's it's obviously a lot of the reason for a lot of the reason why they were so successful in 2021 was just the resurgence of so many people. And Di Sclafani and Wood were two of them on the pitching staff, particularly. Uh you're obviously losing Buster Posey this year, so you need to retain as much of the as much of last year's core as you possibly can, and that starts with uh, bringing back the starting rotation because they were one of the best in baseball. And re-signing those two are so vital to the team's success, especially with you know you have a full year of Logan Webb coming up. You might not have Kevin Gosman coming back. Like you need to retain as much of the as much of last year's team as you can while still 
you know, doing everything to make uh, to to get some new guys as well. Absolutely, yeah, um, yeah. Like, I think the the biggest change from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one for the Giants was uh, their their starting pitching. Like, like mm-hmm. in twenty twenty, Gosman had a a good year, but like I don't remember anyone else specifically standing out. And then you know, Desclafani and Wood were like some minor acquisitions at the time coming into last year and they ended up being playing pretty vital roles and you know that was the reason they were in first place last year um you know Discofani 317 ERA Alex Wood had a 383 ERA last year um and uh yeah like that's a you know now they have now they're guaranteed to have you know three of the starters they had last year which puts them in a pretty good spot that's significant you want you want the the big horse coming back as well and i think they're definitely working on that and i think he'll still probably go back to to san francisco yeah i mean i know there are a lot of more teams in uh that he's definitely the guy they're gonna have to spend the most on in that case but even if he comes, even if he doesn't come back, like I don't think it's the end of the world. Like you look at that rotation, you still have these Clefani and Wood. You have Webb, who can probably take up the role of as ace going forward. Um, is Johnny Cueto still on the team? Um, He's not. No. Nope. agent. Um, yeah, you're gonna have to sign a couple guys, but I think that yeah, obviously the, the priority should be re-signing Gosman. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm just realizing now. Starting pitching market for the players, not great. Now that I'm thinking yeah. about it. Like, I think Mats deserves more than $11 million a year. I think Desclafani deserves more than $12 million a year. I think Wood deserves more than, whatever, $5.5 million a year that he's getting. Mm-hmm. Um, like, especially compared to last Eduardo, year. I mean, like, the only, the only one I've seen where it's like, I mean, even Eduardo Rodriguez, like you could have argued he deserved more than 15 million a year. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, he, and he's been one of the like better signing, like in terms of uh, getting money. In terms of value. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, the, the, the position player market doesn't seem to have this issue. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, like, especially compared to two years ago, I remember Rick Porcello got a $10 million deal uh, <laughs> two years ago. And he had a really good FIP. Like he he had such let me let me look at his twenty twenty because I I looked at it like, and and that offseason I was like wait a second uh in twenty twenty, Rick Porcello in fifty nine innings pitched had eleven point three hits per nine against, he had a FIP of three point three three, and an ERA of five six four. Uh, huh. Eight point two strikeouts per nine, two point three walks per nine, zero point eight home runs per nine. Yeah, like like he actually pitched very well, but had eleven point three hits per nine. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's weird. Um, yeah, the uh, yeah, the, it's it's weird seeing What's like up against all of the deals I've seen outside of maybe Erod, but although like there's the arg- the argument with Erod is is very odd as we know. Mm-hmm. Um, but like looking at all the deals. It's like, oh, this pitcher could have gotten more money. Uh, yeah. So, although, I mean, Aaron Loop got a good amount for yeah, he did. As, a, as a reliever. Uh, 
Just a side note, Porcello had a 373 BABIP against. Wow. 2020. I was about to say, like, that's pro- he probably had a very high BABIP against. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Aaron Loop got more money than Alex Wood. I mean. To be I, fair, Aaron Loop also had a very, very <laughs> underrated season. I think he was, like, 100th percentile in barrel percentage against. Yeah, he had a, his ERA was in the ones or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, 095, actually. Um, um, okay, he was 99th percentile in barrel rate, 94th oh, percentile in X slugging. He really kept it up after the after the how about that. I thought he would have yeah, dropped off a little bit. But. Nah, I mean, he had an expected ERA of 315, according to Savant. Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with her. Oh, yeah, and the Woba X Woba difference is mm-hmm. there too, but it's like staggering. No one expects you to have a 095 expected ERA, yeah. That, that doesn't exist unless you're like Jacob deGrom and even still still yeah. doesn't even really exist. Yeah, exactly. What was, what was the Jacob deGrom definitely had a higher expected ERA. Like it was still a very, I think he was still very, I think he was like hundredth percentile or something like that still. I would have, um, I would guess like one, four, eight or something like that. One, five, four. You were darn close. Okay. But he yeah. also had a one Oh eight ERA. Like even when you have a really good ERA, your expected ERA is probably still going to be higher. Right. No matter what. Yeah, generally speaking. Because a lot of that also has to do with um, how good you are, or like allowing base runners and leaving them on. If you have a high left on base percentage against your expected ERA is probably going to be higher because yep. um, they just expect you to have the amount, of, based on the amount of base runners you give up, You ex- they expect you to have a higher ERA. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, the starting pitching market is, um, odd. I hope it doesn't continue like this, uh, after the CBA, because, you know, like, uh, still the, the best pitchers on the market haven't been paid yet. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think they're right to wait until after this new CBA comes along. Um, because like, but yeah, the, the position player market seems to not have this problem. I was going to say, if I'm a starting pitcher, that's a free agent, I am holding out until, after the lockout, whenever that may be. Yeah, same. Um, maybe it's a thing of like, maybe they took less because they didn't know when the next contract was going to come, like because of this CBA situation. But still, like, this, I mean, this could go. This could go until like February. Yeah, like this. Like that. seriously, we might mean like we're talking about a lot today. We might not have baseball news until like literally February. And it's we're we're about to enter December. Yeah. Like yeah. who knows if there's a winter meetings, who knows like what happens. Like we might just be like we might just get Hall of Fame updates each show. Yeah. No no free agency and also no Hall of Famers. Yeah. Um once again. Yeah. But like uh as you mentioned, yeah, the position for players- Allen. Position players haven't had the same issue. Like Starling Marte, he I like he got what he deserved. Um, like Mark Canna also, and uh, what are the position players? Have, have there, there's been a lot more pitchers to sign this offseason. That's true. But, that is true. Mo, I mean, the Mets kind of have taken all the position players so far. Yeah, very true. Um, Adam Frazier. There wasn't a shortstop to sign yet, no. Nope. Yeah, no. No? Okay. Um yeah, we're all wondering what Andrew Elton Simmons is going to get. 
Yeah, Freddie Galvis, the big guy out there. He'll be the he'll be the first they'll, they'll be the first two pins to drop. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, so that's the free agency talk. Uh and uh we, we, had, some break, we had some breaking news mm-hmm. before the show. Um, and as MLB tweets out the uh Rays Wander Franco contract is officially official. Um but uh the Mariners traded for Adam Frazier, who yeah. hopefully they will tell him. Well, he'll get him away from Eric Hosmer because that is a dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, can you uh, give us the details on who yes. these prospects are? Um, yeah. Let me real quick go to MLB.com. Um, it was what? It was uh, Ray Kerr was one of them. Cool Ray name. Kerr. Yeah, hopefully he's a position player, like a heavy-hitting first baseman, you know. I, I see this. Ken Rosenthal put him as LH, which is like left-handed pitcher. LH like, pitcher then? Yeah. LH, did you mean LHP? He uh, might have. Uh, prospect left Left hitter? I don't know. Top 30 from team, and these are Mariners prospects that are now going to the Padres. I love how these teams just love to trade with each other. The Mariners and Padres. Oh my God, they had the <laughs> big extravaganza in 2020. Yeah, man. Um, J- Jerry Depoto and AJ Prowler are like best friends. <laughs> it's like, yeah. They probably, they probably spent Thanksgiving together. Like they spent at the, they were just at the table being like, what, what do we got here? AJ Prowler is just sitting across the table, being like, uh, I'm stuffed. You know what else is stuffed? My infield. We're gonna, have to, we're gonna have to get rid of one of these guys. Hey, you guys had some tough luck at second base this year, huh? Um, so Ray Kerr was not in the top thirty uh, for the Mariners, and I don't think the other guy was either. Well, they said Ray Kerr was twenty-seven, um, which is like day. he uh, probably on a different website because I'm looking at MLB.com. He might have been there in like Baseball America. Potential. Uh, but anyway, no, no, no. I'm, saying, not, I'm saying I'm saying I'm 27 years old, not Dude. 27 in the system. Oh, 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 I'm looking at the system. Um, in 2021 in the minors, 39 and two thirds innings pitched, 60 strikeouts. Whoa. Yeah. What was his walk rate? Um, I mean, not bad. I don't think. Oh six, yeah. 60. Oh, okay, not great. 16 walks and. 39 and two thirds innings pitch. Not horrible though. Oh, Whiff of 106. Oh, 39. Yeah. Yeah, 39 innings pitch. What did um, I what did I say? No, I think you said 39, and I just I, I only heard the mean? nine and I thought it was 29. But um yeah. Jeff Passons. Yeah, Jeff Passons tweets that he uh he hits 100 from the left side, which is wow. 100 miles per hour. Um, I mean, yeah, that's a good deal. He's uh he was in what what level was he at last year? He played in okay, double A AA and triple A. So this is someone who can make an immediate impact. Yeah, um, and relievers also they're never like ranked high in the that's true system. And the other who was the other person that was included? Like for example, Emmanuel Classe was ranked number thirty in the um, Ranger system when they uh, traded him to Cleveland. Right, right. Um, who was the other person? Corey Rozier. 
who is uh he's 22 years old and oh my lord he also in this minor league okay so he made his minor league debut this year uh and he slashed <laughs> he slashed 380 451 570 1022 in 121 at bats and he also had a high walk or a decent walk rate it seems so i mean mariners Mariners weren't messing around with this trade. They gave up some some guys who have performed well in the minors. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, like, I mean, Kerr's probably going to be in that bullpen next mm-hmm. year. For San Diego. For San Diego. Um, yeah. And they, I think they needed some bullpen help. Um, yeah, like uh, 60 strikeouts in, in uh, 39 innings. And, you know, 16 walks is like, that's not terrible for a reliever. No. Um, in third, 39 and a third innings or whatever. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I wouldn't be super alarmed as a Padres fan, like seeing that Kerr isn't in the top 30 because as I mentioned, Colossae yeah. was number 30 in the Rangers mm-hmm. system before he got traded over to, um, traded over to Cleveland. And, Ro- mm-hmm. uh, and Rozier only uh debuted this year so it makes sense that he's not there yet yeah very small sample size to put a guy in the top 30 yeah and um adam uh adam frazier uh second baseman you know his his story last year he wasn't all he was the starting second baseman uh for the national league all-star team last year um he kind of struggled a little bit out of the gate for the padres but i think he um he, he definitely picked it back up um, in September slash October. In, in the final month of the season, he hit 318 with an 802 OPS. So I wouldn't be too concerned with um, his struggles in San Diego because I think he turned it around a little bit towards the end. Um, so it could be could be good for the Mariners. Who was playing second base for them last year? Um, who, who I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but regardless, the Mariners, uh, their second baseman slash 206, 284, 345 on the year for a 78 weighted runs created plus. Uh, Adam Frazier's batting average last year was 21 points higher than Mariners' second baseman's on base percentage. So, <laughs> um, I can promise you that this is an upgrade. <laughs> this is a this makes the team better. Uh, Abraham Toro, Dylan Moore, uh, Shed Long. Or their second baseman. Yeah. And who knows what they do with Toro next year? Maybe they pop him at third because Seager's not going to be there next year. That's true. That is true. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Um, I, I like it for both sides because I think each team kind of got what they wanted. San Diego didn't really have much of a place for Frazier. I was kind of confused initially when that trade happened last year. Yeah. Um, and uh, like, yeah, they they had a pretty full infield anyway with Machado, Tatis, Cronenworth, Hosmer. Uh, they obviously have a big financial commitment to Hosmer, so they can't trade him. So they uh, got rid of Frazier, and um, they've got probably what's going to be a decent bullpen arm out of it. You know, not that he's been in the majors yet, I don't think, but um, some reason to be excited about it. Yeah, reason to be excited about the guy. Um, as Passon mentioned, he throws a, he's able to hit 100 miles per hour as a left-handed uh, pitcher. 
that's, and, that's uh, something you see very often. And you know, sixty strikeouts in thirty nine and uh, thirty nine and what two thirds innings? Mm-hmm. Six so and sixty strikeouts. Yeah, and multiply that by nine, like thirteen point eight something strikeouts per nine. Yeah. Very good. How many, Very how good. many lefties hit a hundred miles an hour on the gun this year in the majors? That's a good question. Checking the first it now. Guy I think of for some reason is Jose. Only Alvarado. ten. Yeah, only ten. Jose Alvarado, Jose Alvarado, Araldus Chapman, Gregory Soto, Anthony Ghost, Shane McClanahan, Genesis Cabrera, Carlos Rodon, Tyler Motzik, Tanner Scott, Jake Rents. Wait, this walks per nine can't be right. No, I, definitely um, can't. Sixteen and thirty-nine and two-thirds innings. It's probably like. Three point okay, three point seven, which is not I was bad. I'd say mid to high threes. Three point seven is only like slightly above average. Yeah, it's something. Yeah, it's something that you can easily improve on. Yeah, and sixty, uh, sixty strikeouts and sixteen walks is a strikeout to walk ratio of almost four, which is uh very good. Right. Um. Yeah. So that's that's uh Ray Kerr. Who, yeah. ironically enough, is not a position not, player. Not a position player. Not not going to be raking. Nope. That's tough. Um, but he is 27 years old, and he's probably going to be coming out of the Padres bullpen. And then the obvious headliner is Adam Frazier. He's yeah. It's going to be hard for him to not improve the second base position of Seattle. Um. So that's that's good for Seattle. Um. Anything more on the deal? No, I mean, I, this is something that we kind of predicted back at the trade deadline last year. Uh, it's an upgrade for the Mariners. You know, I, I know it's easy to think that Adam Frazier might have regressed from where he was with the Pirates in the first half last year, making him a starting all-star. But the reality is this makes the Mariners a better team. It does. Very much so. Um, it does. Uh, all right. Well, I think, I think that's... Um... Kind of everything. I think that's all the news. All yeah, the news on, for the for the first half of the off season. Yeah, unless something happens in the next few days before December first, which probably will. I bet. Yeah. I think. I think Gosman signs before the uh, before the lockout. Whoa. Interesting. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. We got. Yeah. We got uh, like four, like three or four more days. Till this do. lockout occurs. Yep. Fun stuff. Uh, but yeah, so uh, we hope you enjoyed this one. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and want to watch the conversation as it happens, go to our YouTube channel. It is called Above Replacement Radio. Um, also, if you want to follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta and follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Kern and follow the show Instagram at Above Replacement Radio for all the show needs. And we hope you enjoy this one. And we hope to see you uh, next Thursday where we are talking all the happenings in Major League Baseball or lack thereof. Uh, uh, in uh, Yeah, all the happenings in Major League Baseball or lack thereof. Once again, we will see you then. This conversation. This conversation is over. Is over.